But we continue the conversation on the talking point, our health feature. We're kicking it off now. Today we're focusing on cataracts. And of course, we know that uh, it is an eye condition and the World Health Organization uh, citing cataract surgeries as being amongst the most cost-effective health interventions of our lifetimes. Well, Dr. Zoran Eliksic is an ophthalmologist and eye surgeon, joins us on the line. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning. Thanks for having me on your show. Good day to your listeners. When when we talk about cataracts, they seem to be, um, you know, quite prevalent in, in, in our country, but you can give us at least a, a sense of what you see in practice on a day-to-day. Well, you know, the, the thing is that cataracts is pretty much an age-related, age-related kind of problem. There are cataracts which are kind of happening in young babies and young children, we call them either juvenile cataracts or congenital cataracts, but the most common type of cataract is the age-related cataract. And, uh, you know, the symptoms are very straightforward. And uh, I keep on saying to all of my patients, it comes with, like, in these, it comes as a gray hair, wrinkles, and cataract. So every age or decade of our life brings some different eye problems, and cataracts are pretty much common after the age of 50, 60, the, the risk decreases. At, at which age does one become start becoming at more risk of developing a cataract? Uh, well, you know, it's very difficult to kind of give specific age because different people, different anatomies, different physiology, different diseases that we might have may kind of bring cataracts earlier in life. But, you know, we do not get surprised as ophthalmologists if we see cataracts at the age of 55 plus. If we see somebody with a cataract uh, who is maybe 30, 35, we go like, well, is there any other cause for this? But generally, after 55, 60, we commonly see them. What are the risks that are posed um, for those individuals that have developed cataracts if it's left untreated? Well, uh, the risk is blindness, put mm-hmm. it this way. You know, uh, the risk is blindness, and um, fortunately, uh, if it's just a kind of, so to say, standalone cataract, you know, that blindness is preventable. But, you know, if the cataracts come as a kind of side effect of some other eye conditions or systemic diseases, uh, that potentially the site is not as reversible as in a straightforward cataract. A lot of uh, progress and technological advancements have been made when it comes to the treatment of cataracts. Speak to us about mm-hmm. some of the options that are available to patients there. You know, the, the technology is changing rapidly, as you know. And, you know, I'm very proud to be South African ophthalmologist because we really don't drag behind the developed world in technology and in our skills. Actually, we're well-trained and uh, we have lots of experience so from the skill point of view, we, we have a, one of the best skills in the world here. From technology point of view, the technology changes all the time. But, you know, the classic scenario today's very acceptable quality of surgery for cataracts is when we use so-called vacuum notification machines, which is an ultrasound-based machine. So those are the improvements in technology allowed us to kind of do the cataract safer, faster, with a, with a faster visual recovery. And also, kind of technology changed a lot in uh, intraocular manufacturing kind of technology. That where the lenses are now becoming 
more and more sophisticated. We now have multifocal lenses that we can actually make people see far and near in 90 plus percent of cases that they don't need to use reading glasses or any other glasses for the rest of their life. So technology is there. Technology is changing all the time and we are right and we are following that technology. So that is available in South Africa. Mm. When it comes to access to treatment, what are some of the challenges that, that you see? Because when we look at what the World Health Organization says, they, they specifically talk about how um, the leading cause in Africa of, of blindness is due to uh, cataracts and, and the lack of access to treatment? Well, you know, Kathy, uh, it's a great question. You know, the thing is that that's, that's our reality. You know, we live in a, pretty much the whole world lives in this kind of disparity from people who can afford and people who cannot afford it. So people who can afford services all around the world have an easy access to hospitals, to private care, to name it, with medical aids, uh, becomes a very kind of non-expensive kind of non procedure. But, you know, if you look at the rest of us who maybe cannot afford this type of surgery, it's a, a problem of accessing government hospitals. Government hospitals are providing, at least some of them are providing really good service. And uh, the problem is waiting lists, long, long, long waiting lists to get kind of work, uh, even, even seen and not to mention booking for surgery. So that is a problem in our daily kind of daily lives. Mm. And, and, and given the long waiting periods then, are there interventions that doctors like yourself would commonly um, prescribe for, for those who are on, on the waiting list so that th their condition does not deteriorate too Ooh. rapidly? Kathy, it's very, very it's impossible to kind of arrest uh, the changes. Mm. The thing with cataract is, uh, you know, I don't know, the, some people confuse what, what exactly is cataract. So if you don't mind me elaborating a little bit on that. You know, when you, when you look at uh, our eyes, the organ has a clear media, and one of the parts of the eye is called crystalline lens. That crystalline lens, as the name says, it's crystal clear lens so that we can see through it like we're seeing through the clean window, right? Now, with, with time, with age, with cataract progressing, that crystalline clear lens becomes more and more opaque, more and more, causes more and more blurriness. It nearly feels like you are looking through glasses which are constantly dirty, or you're looking through a shower window after having a shower. You constantly have a need to kind of clean your eyes somehow to get your vision sorted. So this is pretty much what the cataract symptoms are. Now, once the cataract kind of uh, starts, it's very difficult to predict the speed of its development. There are some people who very, very slowly progress. There are some people who can progress very quickly over weeks and months. They can progress from a reasonably good sight to nearly no sight. And there is no treatment that I can prescribe on a daily basis saying, well, take this drug or take this tablet or do this and this. That will kind of slow down the progression of your disease. Unfortunately, there is nothing that we can do. Problem is when we see somebody who needs, who is pretty much blind in both eyes, it's trying to kind of somehow fit, fit them in to kind of, kind, of re, kind of rehabilitate them back to normal. So some private hospitals have these programs where you can actually, a uh, number of times a year, some of the cataract surgeries are done for free, even though it's a quite an expensive surgery to be done for free. Or in government hospitals, there are so many waiting lists because they're understaffed. So the guys who work there 
can't just cope with these large numbers. So uh, this is pretty much our reality. And, you know, I'm, I'm just listening to you speak about how quickly um, the quality of vision can deteriorate when, when one has already mm. started yeah. developing cataracts. And and I wonder then, you know, are there ways, obviously, if, you, if you're in a private, if you've got access to private yeah. health care, uh, a doctor sees you, they, they understand how severe your case is, they're able to prioritize it. But in the public sector, um, it, it, it does it just work on a first come first serve basis. No, or no, no, no. Are there no, arguments no, no, no. made for for how severe yeah. or how far one has progressed? No, no, no. There is for sure. You know, guys in public sector really kind of uh, guys who do their work properly, and to try to reduce this waiting list and to prioritize who needs to be served. When I worked at Rutuskia and when I worked in some other hospitals around the country, it was a very clear kind of. Um, principle of how we used to manage it. So we had now, if somebody comes with bilateral blindness, that means blind in both eyes, they are priority number one, the full stop. There is no other priority. We need to actually sort one eye out to get this guy up back to normal. Second eye may be on a waiting list, but first eye out of two blind eyes needs to be sorted. Then, then you have a second group, which has a the measurements for sight. So we look at those measurements and say, if you, are, if you fit into this bracket, your priority is number two. If you have one very good eye and the other one, which is not that good, your priority number three. You can still function with one eye. So definitely priorities in private and in government are very similar. Who is blind in both eyes is prioritized, full stop. Is a patient recommended for surgery when a cataract has developed from the onset or does it need to be at a particular stage to be referred for surgery? Well, you know, the, 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 I don't know, maybe I should give you some, some examples. Mm. Or, but, but the thing is that, uh, uh, I don't know um, how, you know, you know, blindness from cataracts, as you know, is, as we mentioned, it's reversible. Uh, the blindness, you know, we in previous previously we used to say, or there was a saying 20, 30 years ago, you need to let your cataract mature before you do anything. So pretty much you need to go blind before you do anything. Now that, that is completely nonsense nowadays. Nowadays, when we see that the cataract is significant, it affects your sight significantly and affects your kind of daily activities. There is no reason to wait for your vision to progress further. If it's, a, if it's affecting your lifestyle, we can fix it. And that's the good time to fix it. All right. We're in conversation with Dr. Zoran Alexic. Uh, he is an ophthalmologist and eye surgeon, and he is joining us on the line. We're talking about cataracts today. I'll be taking your calls for him, questions for him on 011-714-2006. That's our studio line. And on the WhatsApp line, you can send those messages to 614 I'll take your messages and WhatsApp voice notes on the WhatsApp line. Um, you know, Dr. Zoran, I, I just wanted to yeah. ask in terms of um, the the treatment of of cataracts. When yeah. w- when one is is undergoing you know surgery, are there any particular risk factors about the surgery that people should know more broadly? Yes. 
Look, let me, may, maybe I just want to kind of put you in a picture of a cataract patient who doesn't have a good sight. Uh, and then we'll tell you how surgery is performed just briefly, and I uh, will go through the risks so that people who are listening to this understand what kind of impact on our daily social life it has. Imagine uh, that I'm a 45-year-old man with advanced cataract, unable to work, not only to work, but not to take care of myself because I cannot see. I would need a constant care to help me with my daily basic functions. I'm economically a burden to my family and my society. Now, it takes an experienced ophthalmologist less than 20 minutes to perform successful cataract surgery. Within the same day, my sight starts, sight starts to improve. The next day, I'm able to open my cupboard and choose what to wear. Within the next 48 hours, I'm likely to be able to drive my car again and to go back to work. I'm not a burden anymore, and I become an independent person again with a new lease of life. Well, I'm again beneficial to my family and to my country. And it is one of the most gratifying experiences that any ophthalmologist can have making somebody see again. When you look at the complication risks, well, I need to be proud when I say this because the complication risks of cataract surgery are significant. They are there, but they're significantly, significantly lower than you would expect. If you look at the worst-case scenario of, let's say, infection rate, which can be a problem, one in maybe three or 4,000 operations will have some sort of infection. So we are not talking 10%, 20%, 30%. No, we are talking way less than 1%. You put together all potential complications of ICG, including some silly things, less than 5% complication rate. So when you put that on a scale of benefits, I mean, benefits of having successful cataract surgery are enormous. They really bring you back to society, back mm. to your normal life. They really give you a new lease of life. And there is no doubt that are complicated. It's a surgical procedure. Anybody who thinks it's not a surgical procedure, they are mistaken. It's a surgical procedure. And if you hear the word surgery, there is always a slight risk. But when you look objectively at numbers in capable hands, in a good facilities, these risks are so low that it's, Actually, we are so proud to be ophthalmologists doing this because our, 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 our success rate is, is enormous. All right. So, so, so then um, the treatment uh, far outweighs the, the risk yeah. uh, w- yeah. when it comes to making decisions about whether or not to have the surgery. It, it, it's the same, Kathy, that you know, people, when, when they come to me or to any ophthalmologist in the country, uh, as you go, when you go to the dentist or somebody, you always have this anxiety, like, oh, I need to have something done. Oh, it's a surgical procedure. Oh, what if something goes wrong? But honestly, when you look at the numbers objectively, that uh, the benefits are massive, the risks are low. Yes, there are risks because it's a surgical procedure, but the risks are very low. All right. Let me go to Midrand. Abdullah, good morning to you. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Doc. Good morning, Abdullah. Uh, uh, Doc, I had very short sighted from the day I remember myself from wearing glasses. About 22 years ago, I had a cataract of done and they put a lens. And I had good vision till about five years ago. I had a hole in the macula. 
which was repaired. But now my vision is not as good as it was. Actually, I think it's deteriorating. Is there anything else they can do for me on that? Maybe take the old uh, lenses out and put new lenses uh, or something. Yeah, no, no, Abdullah, you need to understand, as you mentioned now, the eye is a kind of a complex organ. If you look at the physiology books of the eye that we need to do, it's like 2,000-page book, anatomy, another 1,000-page book. So it's, a, it's quite a... So where cataract is that performed in one part of the eye, which is the front part of the eye, just behind your pupil. What you had later, for some other reason, you had a problem in a totally different part of the eye called retina, boom, at the back of the eye. And the macular hole, there are a number of reasons for macular hole to form. But this is, there's no point of you changing the lens, which works really well. It's yeah. like a camera. When you want to change the objective, if the film in the camera has a fault. So you need to address the film where the macular hole is. And there are surgery performed by retinal surgeons who can actually yeah. reduce the size of that hole to a minimum to kind of improve, the, uh, improve your, your sight there. But... I would not suggest that you just jump in and, and exchange lens. I don't think it will benefit you. Benefit you anyway. I mean, now the macular hole was repaired, but the vision hasn't come back to... Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that, that's often the case because the yeah. macular hole is a damage to your retina. And what okay. the surgeons, yeah. surgeons do very effectively now, they reduce the size of the macular hole to, yeah. to the minimum, but they cannot repair all the tissue that was broken before. Uh, there's nothing really they can do for me then. No, you need to get seen by your retinal specialist to see in which stage is your macular hole before they can say, is there any point of kind of fixing it further or not? Because I do have a problem about the blood retina, what they say, uh, degeneration of the retina. Yeah, well, that's... Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm, on I'm, I'm for sorry to... They can give me basically tablets to slow down the degeneration. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's correct, yeah. Oh, uh, Abdullah, so, sorry thank about the you. situation you find yourself in, hey? Yeah, no, it's not an easy, not an easy to be there. Mm-hmm. All right, Abdullah okay. out in, in Midrand. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm back with more calls for Dr. Zoran and a couple of WhatsApp voice notes as well. We continue with our health feature on this Wednesday. We're focusing on cataracts today. Dr. Zoran Aleksic is an ophthalmologist and eye surgeon. He's uh, going to be taking your questions. Peter in Zebediela, good morning. Morning, Kezi. Uh, I, I have two questions uh, for the good doctor. Uh. The first one is that uh, uh, I'm 61 years old, and then two years ago I, I had a cataract, uh, cataract operation on my right eye, and the, the eye became better for a year. Now this year, now that eye is not seen clearly. Now, uh, two months ago, I consulted a, a palmist who works like a prophet to, 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 to check my life, and he said that, no, your eye is damaged beyond repair. Now I would like to know from the doctor whether it is true that the eye can be damage beyond repair, even when you have medical aid, you can do a second operation. Now, the, the last question is the, to ask whether cigarette smoking does uh, affect the, the, the development of, of or, or the worsening of the cataract, and also reading for a long time, like during the night, does it uh, affect uh, the, the worsening or, or the development of the cataracts? All right, Peter, just stay on the line, Dr. Zoran. 
shall I? Sapita, shall I start from the back first? Um, reading doesn't affect, doesn't stain your eyes, especially if you have a good correction form of glasses uh, and you see clearly you can read as long as you like. Yes, smoking does affect, especially if you have some different medical conditions with like thyroid eye disease and stuff. This is like smoking and that is no-go. But definitely smoking affects our blood vessels and may affect the health of the eye. If you go back to your first question, Peter, um, uh, uh, two years ago you had a successful cataract surgeon. What we often see, I, I missed the point when you said you visited somebody, so I'm not sure who did you visit, but let me put it this way, what usually happens. Cataract surgery successfully performed, it really kind of has a great result as you yourself experienced it. Now, after the cataract surgery, that artificial lens sometimes kind of tends to kind of form a little bit of protein deposits on it. And you kind of get an impression that you're developing another cataract. Your, your vision starts getting blurry again. You think the glass is not good anymore, and your vision generally starts to deteriorate. This is the time when you need to see your local ophthalmologist, eye surgeon, who he'll examine you on a, on a microscope that we all have in our rooms. And if we see that there is a protein plaque, like we develop plaque on our teeth, we tend to develop plaque on our implants. If there is a protein plaque developing, you do not require second surgery. There is a very simple, very effective laser procedure called GAG laser, which it's like we don't even touch your eyes. You shine that laser onto your implant and clean it over 15, 20 seconds. It's a painless procedure to have. Once the lens is cleaned, it stays clear for the rest of your life. So you need to clean it only once. So I would strongly advise you to see your ophthalmologist. Check if that is the problem. If it is, it is very easily fixable. Uh, thank you very much, Doctor, and thanks, Kathy. All right, Peter. Hope that helps you Pleasure, out. Peter. Swasiso, so, so, you're in Eshoway. Good morning. Hello, Mr. Mshasana and the ophthalmologist there. Hi. Yes, uh, uh, I, I have chronic diabetes, and uh, I, 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 then I, I had a glaucoma, and the ophthalmologist in Palito introduced me to what you call treatment. And undergone those treatments, he, he, he was injecting uh, some thing on my eyes. And due to hard lockdown and the unrest in July, I had to, uh, I, I was unable to attend. So I defaulted on my treatment in such a way that my condition worsened and the left eye of Tifnev became dead, zero, zero percent. And the right eye is almost less than 10%. And now I don't know whether there are any uh, room for improvement. Uh, you know, um, I'm hearing your story, and I really feel sorry for you because uh, this is a problem of a lockdown. This is a problem of this uh, awful situation of COVID, unrest, and name it where our services get interrupted. But we, you know, your disease doesn't get stopped by COVID lockdowns. Your disease keeps progressing. That's very likely what happened. Just listening to you, what you had is diabetes, which is a, it's a, it's a terrible disease to have because it really affects lots of organs, including the eye. 
And that diabetes being so advanced created a second problem in your eye, which is called glaucoma, which is a high blood, high pressure in the eye. And that both of these diseases, if they're not managed actively and properly, lead to permanent visual loss. And I think that's pretty much what you're describing to me, those two or three years of lockdown, COVID, and inability to access the, the facilities and your ophthalmologist in Balito uh, caused the problem, I'm, I'm afraid. You really need to make sure, you know, patients like you, we really want to monitor very carefully, frequently. We really want to be on top of your situation that if there is any change, we can arrest or slow down the progression of your disease. Now, can it be improved? And really, your eye would need to be examined. And if there is a room for improvement, I have no doubt your ophthalmologist will do everything possible to improve it. Oh. Swusi, so not, not a great uh, prognosis there. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. a chronic... Uh, Cathy, I can uh, I can touch up on on diabetes as as your uh, listener just mentioned now, mm. just to give you some numbers to see how serious that disease is. So if you have a moment, uh, we can just briefly go through it, and you will understand yeah. how this is a common problem. Yeah, uh, I'll, fact, I'll, I'll give you a chance to do that now. The, the ophthalmologist have uh, I have undergone medical boarding from work because I can no longer see mm. anything. Mm. I understand. I understand. Oh, so, so, so uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that had to happen to you. All right, all right, Spussy. So he's out in 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 Eshowe. Doctor Zora, yeah, yeah. very quickly, yeah. I want to uh, I want to also take Lu Lu Lucia in Guatemala, but I want to give you a chance no to run us through some of those uh, figures. Yeah, you, if you if you have time, I can do it after Lucia, or do you want to do it before? All right, let me let me take uh, Lucia then very quickly. Yeah, that's Lucia, fine. Yeah, you're super. in Guatemala. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I just want to ask the doctor something. I lost my eyesight gradually since 2004. It has been going deteriorating. Uh, now I, I can't see clearly. I can't see even the furniture in the house, but I can still move by myself. Um, I was told the condition cannot be healed, there's nothing that the doctors can do. I've been to quite a number of uh, different uh, doctors. Now, what what I want to ask from the doctor is that sometimes I I see as though I see, I don't know if you have seen, if we, 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 do, we used to play with the bubbles and they will bubble. Mm. Sometimes I see that in my eyes. It runs like that for a long time in my, on my eyes. I don't know what is that. Number two, I want to check with the doctor if um, menstruation has got anything to do with eyesight. I'll tell you why. Whenever I go to my period, a week before I go to my period, my eyesight becomes very, very gray, more than the way it is usual. And it becomes very itchy. I will All right. listen on the radio. All right, Lucia, thanks for calling in. Dr. Zoran, if you can respond to Lucia very briefly for me, please. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, Lucia, to respond all because I don't really know what your diagnosis is. So I know that 2004 something happens, and I know that you've seen multiple people, and they say that they can't do anything about it. So it's very difficult to me to know what am I commenting on. Do you have diabetic retinopathy? Do you have blindness from cataract? Do you have glaucoma? Do you have 
injury, do you have this, this, this. So it's very difficult to say that. From menstruation point of view, there is no real kind of uh, long-term effect on our sites. Uh, it, it's not really documented as something that's really kind of causing uh, severe blurriness during or before menstrual cycle. Thanks for that, uh, Dr. Zoran. And uh, unfortunately, we're completely out of time, so no opportunity for you to run us through uh, some of those numbers that you wanted to when it comes to glaucoma and just what it presents when the condition does worsen. Dr. Zoran Alexic, he's an ophthalmologist and eye surgeon. That's where we leave it on the talking point for today. We'll be back with you again tomorrow at until at 9 o'clock until noon. Right now, it's time for the update at noon.